This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, in the last How to Be 60 podcast of 2023, we're speaking to a woman who declares she likes to blow shit up. I adore being single. I'm not a relationship person. Um, I cannot wait to die alone. And I date younger men casually and recreationally for sex. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hello everyone, welcome to the How To Be 60 podcast, which I'm delighted to report is a Christmas-free zone because I am now, as of yesterday, a 61-year-old woman and I am too old for that sort of nonsense. Karen is just too old, full stop. Um, I mean, like, how much, <laughs> too much excitement makes her too giddy. So, you know, you know, will you still need me? Will you still feed me? I'm never giving up on that. No. I am never giving up on that. How do you feel, Key? How do I feel? Yeah. I feel the same as I did yesterday, and I felt the year. Actually, do I feel the same? 61, much as I was dreading 60, 61 is not as exciting as 60 was, and 60 was pretty shit. So. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so can you? Yes. <laughs> no, no, you don't think about it. I feel fine. I feel fine. Now, listen, you know how I'm usually saying to you, lay off the sexy stuff. Yes. You know, keep it clean. None of your vibrator chat. <laughs> Hang well, on a minute. <laughs> brings it up. No, not this week. Not this week. You can be your usual smutty self. You can fill your boots. You can have tales of wild nights in the camper van. You can get high on kombucha pocket <laughs> rockets the whole thing just keep it going bring it on I, 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 I think I've said it all and actually I take my lead from UK <laughs> I really do well I say it this week because I guess this week is uh, Cindy Gallup now Cindy is 63 she is has had a very successful career in the advertising world um but in addition to that, set up a website called Make Love Not Porn, mm-hmm. which she's going to tell us all about. Um, but in her private life, she's single but not celibate. Uh, she expresses a preference for younger men. She's never had kids, never had any desire to. Sounds great. <laughs> I know. Uh, but she speaks about it because she's very keen to promote the fact that women, I think women in particular, can and do have other options than marriage and a family, yep. and that is a valid option. And yeah. um, she also has this fantastic tagline on her social media, which I love, which is "I blow shit up." Mm, That's I think you know what that means. I know exactly. Well, maybe she makes homemade kombucha as well. You never know. <laughs> um, did you have an expectation that you would get married and have children, uh, or did your family? No, I think because I was the youngest. Uh, although I was the first to get married of four girls, was I? Yeah, but that's I just because you wanted to get out of the house and have sex. Well, it was. Well, I know. I'm not saying that flippantly. Um, did it, no, there, I don't think there was any expectation to get married, but I always wanted to have children. I always knew I wanted to have children. Now, when I met Richard, the father of my children, he did not want to have kids. Right. And, and was quite, you know, strong about that. And I then had to really think, is this the person for me then? And so he basically had to go away and think about it, talk to his peers who all said, it's different when it's your own. So I think we then 
yeah. But was it more about having children than being part of, you know, a marriage? Did you dream? I mean, I never once as a child, and I hear so many women say it, that they dreamt of their wedding, they dreamt of their dress. I never, ever gave that a moment's thought, which I think think makes me quite odd. Uh, No. Well, I certainly didn't dream of being happily married and living out happily married living out of being happily married um my dress was a 20 pound Laura Ashley dress so not a lot was spent on that you can tell it's the late 70s but no that wasn't it wasn't a dream of mine I went along with it just because of the pressure I think that I, I couldn't actually turn around and say to my mother I basically want to live with this guy because she would have not put up with that. Oh, so that was social pressure at the time. Yeah, yes. That you know, to live with somebody and have children it, would be frowned upon. It, to live with them, never mind having the children. Just Are you sixty-four or one hundred and sixty-four? Well, my mother was always one hundred and sixty-four, <laughs> but that's been a wee free. Oh well, yeah, no religious background. Oh, I never dreadful. think about religion because oh, my God. family were heathens, so that was I'm a big deal, was it? Was it a big deal, the religious, or was it just what their neighbours think? You know, I think there's a lot of social pressure, as you say. Right. And then when, so you split up from Richard. Did you actually marry Richard? No. You never married? Did you marry anyone? Yeah. I keep forgetting. Which one did you marry? So many. I go back to the limbs in the freezer. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I married somebody when I was just about to turn 20. Right. That lasted about seven years. Right, okay. Oh, so Richard was the next one. Yes. And now you're with Stephen. Yes. So you obviously do want to be with somebody. Is that... No, I was very, very happy on my own for a very long period. Right. Between Richard, between my children being very young and, you know, just 10 years ago. So right. No, no, I was very independent and happy. So what And would you celebrate during that time? Are you mad? No, I mean, some people would be. I mean, I have a friend who split up from her husband and had young children, and she took a decision at that point never ever to have a relationship, a romantic relationship. That. And so because she, of she the was children. celibate for the rest of her life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not just because of the children then? Primarily because of the children, but she felt guilty that she had broken up this marriage. And so she swore at that point never to have a relationship God. or a sexual relationship either. Um, and that was it for the rest of her life. It's a terrible thing. Well, the the thing is, Richard and I decided to, we shared the children, you know, over the week. So I would have them four nights, he'd have them three nights. Well, so you'd be away having sex for the three nights he had the kids. That was booked in for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> so the, the other, there was nobody ever, you know, the kids were ever going, God, who's that coming this time? You know, who's that here tonight? So, oh, wait a minute, we're getting down to it now. So... In that time that Richard had the children, uh-huh. you weren't looking for a relationship. You, I was just enjoying life. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. But it wasn't that you were looking for the next Mr. Right. No, no. No. No, absolutely not. All right. And it's interesting that somebody pointed out to me, a very dear friend, um, how um, it was that the relationships that I was having was with always with men that, didn't live nearby they were always lived further away they were right. unattainable right so either very far up north uh what you know there was edinburgh for a good long time there was so i i actually so controllable shags 
Well, did I really want a relationship? Went, yeah, because... Really? Yeah. God, it's been nearly two years we've been doing this podcast, and you've suddenly become interesting. This is fantastic. Well, I wish I could return the compliments. <laughs> no, I'm not interesting in that front, unfortunately. No, absolutely not. God, but is it, and I wonder if you were, you know, conscious of that at the time that you were having these relationships, quotes, with people that it was unlikely to develop into something uh-huh. or whether or not you just sort of instinctively went into that. It's probably a smart decision. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I just knew that they weren't for me, but it was still good fun. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And if you and Stephen, I mean, I think it's interesting at this time in life. I remember when uh, we were speaking to Philippa Perry and we got Tracy's email and her husband had been having an affair and so her life kind of blew up she mm. was at the age of nearly 60 yes. and you know that was obviously very difficult for her if it's the other way around and you decided I saw this um this was actually in Dear Dolly in the Sunday Times I, I just sort of saw it and I thought that's Dear really Dolly. relevant for us it's a, a sort of agony aunt mm-hmm. column they have Dolly Alderton so this is a woman who is 58 right mm-hmm. so she says I'm 50 I've been married for 28 years and I've got three grown-up children marriage has been difficult not been happy for a long time we muddled through had a decent life but a few years ago my husband lost his high uh, earning job and with it his lust for life he'd always been a drinker bit of drugs party guy a little bit risky a fun person however over the last 10 years drinking got worse he's never grown up um he's run up debts he gets angry when i ask him to take responsibility he spends his days in the pub or watching telly um we don't share any interest and i am no longer able to socialize with him or go on holiday with him i think it's time to split but the truth is i'm scared i will mourn my past life she also says i'm a terrible people pleaser and i have been all my life but i think at the age of 58 is it easier to just stay in that relationship? Oh, my God, no. Would you Stems leave? Miserable. But they would you leave. leave? Come on, realistically. The house, the kids, the, kids the family. It's the Come finances. On. I think money keeps a lot of us together. You don't want to lose the lifestyle. But you know what? Nothing in common. I holy, Oh, that just sounds so sad. Doesn't it? Yes, I know, but your life becomes, if you've been with somebody a long, long time, your life is about more than that person. Your life is about the in-laws. Your life is about your finances. If you've got children, your life is about the the kids as well. You might just think, and I think this is a realistic option, I'll just stick in this relationship and we'll just sort of coexist with each other. I'm not that bothered about sex anyway. It doesn't really matter. And the rest of the bits are okay. So I can see why people stick with it. Oh my god! I would ask why, why life is for having a fun, some fun. It's got to have some fun. Yeah, but that's okay. But if you split up, as this this woman here, she's fifty eight. Now she's not having fun right now. God, but she might think, I'm done. You know, no. what are the chances of me finding? <laughs> I'm laughing here because Cindy, Cindy is at the moment muted, and she looks as if she's going to come through the screen. Oh my god! <laughs> she's screaming. She's screaming. well. I'm just going through. <laughs> Don't tell your hair, Cindy. I'm just going through the thought process that somebody might have. They might think, "Where am I going to find somebody?" A lot of people. Think that their happiness is based on finding a partner, and they might think that we don't have a name. What should we call her? I think you would be happier on your own than you would be living with this person. Yeah, 
Yeah. Because then you can go on holiday with whoever you please. You can spend whatever money or, or limited budget or whatever. But you know what? You don't have to people please in a relationship anymore. You have to live whatever, how many ever, you know, how many years you've got ahead of you has to be about you. Okay, that might be the correct answer, oh. but that person might also be thinking, I'm not going to have much money because once you split and up and divorce, the chances are and I'm not going to have much cash. Um, you know, all my friends are in couples, so nobody's going to want to go on holiday with me. I can't bear the dating set. Don't get Cindy and Karen are just ringing like bells here. I'm just going through it. You're going I'm the not, worst. Scenario. I tell you, a lot of people will think this way, and a lot of people that are in couples are are happy to go, you know, independently on a holiday with with, with their friends. Well, yes, some, but I can see, and then and then I'll die alone. People don't want to die alone. No, no, I have to say, and, to you know, alone, sorry. but you know what? She's got three children. I mean, you can't depend on them. Well, she can't depend on her husband, so you might as well be on your own and live the next possibly 20 years, hopefully. Well, oh there we go. Please, 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 yeah, <laughs> do a favour to yourself. And, oh, my God, I find that so upsetting. Really? Just the thought of 20 years. With somebody that you just have no interest in being with. I know, but just, you you know, just coexist. Just coexist. Okay, all right, I get it. You don't like it. Do you want the email of the week? This will brighten you up. Upset me. I've upset you. Well, listen, don't worry. I'm bringing you back. I'm bringing you back. This is going to excite you. Remember Lorna, who got in touch and suggested that as the email of the week, the prize that we give the email of the week was an opportunity knock sex. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Lorna is clearly developed. No, Lorna is clearly really thinking about this a lot because she has sent further thoughts. Okay, excellent. Thank God somebody's given this further thoughts. Um, Lorna <laughs> says, "Why don't you team up with a sex toy retailer mm-hmm. so that you could offer a voucher to the email of the week, so they could claim that against the sex toy of their choice? Oh God, then they could share their experience in, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to this, a self pleasure special." Oh my God. <laughs> Start with UK. <laughs> and it might encourage listeners to try something different. Wow. Now, there's something for 2024 a self pleasure right. special. And I think starting with you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, something, isn't it? Isn't it? Lorna, thank you very oh, much. Thanks, Lorna. Lorna's wanting more than her third cut. I think she's going for it. I don't know, I like it. She's giving it a bit of thought. No, no, absolutely. I know. Yes. It's stupid that we snigger about this stuff, though, isn't it? I mean, we should really take sex more seriously. We don't, we're always bloody sniggering. I mean, Cindy, actually, that we're about to speak to, she did a TED talk back in 2009, which I watched last night. Um, and that's when she launched her website, Make Love Not Porn. Yeah. Um, and basically, it's about sharing real sex on video as opposed to pornographic sex just to sort of establish that there is a difference between the two and people can identify the difference between the two which I agree is a really important point and it was interesting interested to see what Cindy makes of this the audience was a bit sniggery and you could feel even watching it on YouTube it was discomfort and it was embarrassment and it was just there was was a woman standing up there talking about having sex with younger men and you could actually feel the audience go (laughs) they they just couldn't take it 
Yes. Half of them desperate to be the same. Or, or would oh. love to be able to be like I that. I know. The but then, day. as Cindy says on her social media, she likes to blow things up. And she certainly <laughs> did. Uh, we are going to speak to her in just a second. But let me remind everyone of the podcast address, which is podcast at htb60.com. We love to hear from you about your experiences of being 60 and anything that we are talking about. <laughs> So pleased to get in touch. That that was a kind of yeah, thank you. You released, Cindy. You released from your silence. Oh, good, because I have so much to say about what you've just said. First of all, I want to respond with the fact that Lorna, have I got the answer to your email? So I, as the founder of Make Love Not Porn. You know, I am regularly sent free sex toys because that's what happens when you're a sex tech founder. And um, even I, um, as a, you know, strong, confident um, older woman, you know, I will get a sex toy in the mail, some fabulous object, and I'll look at it, I'll go, how the hell do you use that? <laughs> because it is not intuitive. And what we did was, um, to precisely Lorna's point, um, we sent a number of our wonderful, our contributors that Make Love Not Porn are known as Make Love Not Porn stars, sent a number of our Make Love Not Porn stars um, a whole range of different hot octopus sex toys, and they videoed themselves um, road testing them. And the key thing being that this is, you know, as you said, Kay, we are all about real-world sex. The way to think about us is... If porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Nick Love Not Porn is the badly needed documentary because we're a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, wonderful ways we all have in the real world. And so what we asked our Make Love Not Porn stars to do was literally, you know, take this sex toy, figure it out, have fun. We want to see the, you know, messiness, accidents and all, real world version of how you use these sex toys. So that's my response to Lorna. So... To, to respond to, to the woman um, that you were talking about um, who wrote into Dear Dolly, yeah. you're 58, okay, you could absolutely live to 98. You get the chance to live almost your whole life over again. Why would you live it in utter and complete misery? That email enormously upset me. Um, to be honest, Kay, and I know you were arguing, unfortunately, a lot of people might think, but what you were arguing enormously upset me as well because I am here to tell you that being on your own is absolutely bloody wonderful. When you jump ship from that kind of horrific situation that you've been socially pressurized into, you will not believe how free and happy and what an extraordinarily different life you can reinvent for yourself at that age. And, you know, I've been saying for years, um, and obviously I'm thrilled to be on this podcast because of this, the older you get, the better life gets. And... Sadly, so many people have no idea of how much happier their life could be, even at an older age, when they absolutely, you know, cut the cord with the things that are actively making them unhappy and choose a different path. Yeah, well, and, you know, and I totally get it. I was playing devil's advocate. And, and actually, I do agree with Karen and, and, and you in terms of your uh, assessment. But the fact is, you are in the minority, Cindy, you know, as a woman of 63 who goes out there and, and tells people life can be wonderful on your own. You choose to be on. You have chosen to be on your own. You have chosen not to have children. There's not that many of you. And we have to kind of wonder why that is. Is it because of social conditioning? 
Is it because actually you are an unusual case or do we have lots of women who would love that lifestyle, but they never thought it was an option for them? I mean, you had that social conditioning too as a, as a child, didn't you? I, d- I did. But but the answer, Kay, is the last thing you said. So um, last year at the age of 62, I took all my clothes off down to my underwear. And I did that for um, a wonderful interview series. The interviewee sits in front of the camera. They ask a series of questions. And as they ask each question, the interviewee takes off an item of clothing. The idea being that you metaphorically and literally strip down to what's underneath. And so I took all my clothes off, you know, down to underwear. And I talked about how I live my life. I talked about make love, not porn. I talked about my own life philosophies. And I was blown away by the response to this interview on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And one comment particularly moved me, um, which was on Instagram under the video. A woman said, imagine if we as women had grown up seeing and hearing other women live and talk like this. Think how very different our lives will be now. And so I encourage older women to live out loud to absolutely step into their own individuality, step into the life that they want. Um, Really, and and, and I encourage everyone to do this, you know, just pause and take a long, hard look into yourself and ask yourself, what really makes me happy? Strip out your parents' expectations, what all your friends are doing, you know, what your family, your colleagues, your children are saying. And just ask yourself, what really makes me happy? And then live your life accordingly. Because when you do that, you role model for every woman how we should all be living our lives. Oh, my God, what makes me happy is being on my own. You know, so so, so to your point, Kay, you know, um, I, I talk about the fact that, you know, as you said, I have never, ever wanted to be married. I have never wanted children. I'm enormously glad that I always knew that as opposed to finding out the hard way by having them. I adore being single. I'm not a relationship person. Um, I cannot wait to die alone. And I date younger men casually and recreationally for sex. And, you know, as you acknowledged, I am deliberately very public about all of that because we don't have enough role models. Um, And by the way, not just for women, but also for men that demonstrate you can live your life very differently to the way you're expected to and still be amazingly happy. And I'm one of the happiest people I know. And and I I would just qualify, you know, I I make a point of saying I cannot wait to die alone. Um, It's absolutely true. I can count myself enormously lucky because I have a wonderful family and I have wonderful friends. And so I know that I will never die alone literally, but I don't, I have no desire for, I'm straight, so I'm going to say this heteronormatively, I've no desire for male companionship. I've got no desire to live with anybody. Um, I am that very rare person who has no desire what's to be in love. And I can tell you, when you decide you don't want to be in love, that strips a whole layer of bullshit out of your life instantly. You know, I read those women's magazines, okay? It just says time-saving. You know, I'm reading women's magazine, and there'll be a big article on how to improve your relationship. Again, not interested. You know, how to find love. Not interested. So, yeah, I mean, that takes a ton of time. That's very time-efficient out of my life already. <laughs> you know, I read my horoscope. Comes on to love. Oh, not interested. You know? 
but how did you how did you get to that? I mean, is that did eighteen year old Cindy think all these things, or has this been you know a a, lo- a long journey? I mean, it's all very well to sit at the age of sixty three and look back. We can all do it, and we can all sort of try and make sense of our lives. But if you go to the other end of the telescope, what were you thinking when you were eighteen? Sure. So this has been a journey of gradual realization. So I absolutely was subject to all the social conditioning that that all of us experience as women, especially because um, my father was English, my mother is Malaysian Chinese, and I was born in the UK, but when I was six, we moved to Brunei in Borneo, so I grew up in Asia. And, And Asian culture especially is, you know, a woman's role is to get married and have kids. Through my teens and early 20s, you know, that was absolutely my expectation that one day, you know, I would, you know, meet someone, get married. Actually, I think, you know, I always knew I didn't really want children. But, um, but, I mean, the the first sort of realization was all of us as women, from the moment we're born, are told that our entire life is a search for the one. And so as you're growing up, you know, in your teens, in your 20s, you know, every social event you go to, will he be there? What that means is you spend hours glamming yourself up, you know, makeup, outfits. You go to the social event. This conditioning is a dynamic that, that makes you compete with other women, which is, which is a dynamic that I deplore. Um, you know, and then at the end of the night, you go home going, you know, he wasn't there, maybe next time. So at some point in my early 30s, and again, this, this wasn't like, like a sort of, you know, light on the road to Damascus. It was a gradual realization. But I just basically went, sought this for a game of soul deals. I'm not looking for the one anymore. Oh, my God, the relief. I could go to social events and just enjoy myself. You know, I was no longer looking for the one. You know. And then, you know, over time, that evolved into I really do not want. I don't want a relationship. You know, um, and, you know, sadly, all around me, um, in my friend's circle, um, and, you know, um, and, you know, the great thing about social media these days is that, you know what, we are exposed to so many more women speaking up, being open about what's going on with their lives. The divorce rate here in the US where I live is 50%. So all around me, I can see relationships going bad, marriages going bad, and just all of that absolutely reinforced my decision. I will just say also that, um, you know, within my friend group, um, I have um, friends who have, you know, amazing relationships and marriages. But when they are your very dear friends, you also hear about what's going on within those marriages and relationships that is actually not as ideal as it looks from the outside, you know. And so, you know, all of that combined to just make me go, I really, really don't want this. And in speaking up about all of this, I'm trying to shortcut that process for other women because, you know, it is um, enormously difficult to break free of that social conditioning, especially because, you know, in the first instance, you're, you're never even aware of it, especially as long as every popular culture industry is run by white men. You know, we are watching movies, TV, reading books, everything that is processed through Um the lens of the patriarchy, um, who obviously have a vested interest in keeping women in roles that enormously benefit men. The great thing is that today in 2023, there are so many women determined to change that in every sphere of operation 
But but you know, bringing it back to, to, to the original point I made, it needs all of us role modelling that there is a different way to live that will change the straw of us. So how were you perceived? Do you think then in you know in your thirties? Um, as you were sort of determinedly single, did people think it was odd or it was just you or did you have to explain yourself or you chose not to or what? Um, well, um, when people meet an older woman, their default assumption is that she's married and she has children. But, um, you know, to this day, when I say I don't have children, you know, I will regularly get one of two responses. Pity. Oh, the poor dear thing. You know, nobody wanted to marry her and have children with her, which, by the way, is not true because I've absolutely had the opportunity to marry in my life and I've not wanted it. Or, horror, <gasps> oh, my God, how unnatural. You know, a woman who doesn't want children, going against mother nature, the, the you know, divine order of things. Um, still to this day, you know. So, um, I mean, you'd have to ask people around me in my 30s, but I was just living my life and being myself, as I have been for a very long time now. And honestly, these days, when I, as I say, publicly talk about how I like to live my life, these days, very often, the response is, oh, my God, that's wonderful. Can I ask, have you ever had a relationship? I have indeed. Well, 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 I've had a number of relationships. Um, in my youth, they were more short-lived. Um, I've had one, um, um, only one uh, serious relationship, um, which was two and a half years um long and that was back when I was in my 40s subsequent to that I went I'm never doing this again <laughs> I'm, I, I ended it I mean apart from obviously um not to get into the details of the individual because we don't know that but did you find it stifling uh, was it about the person or was it just about the situation you thought this is not the situation for me it, it was actually it was actually the situation on both our sides um because um, you know, I wonder. This is somebody whom I met um, in um, in the context of casually dating younger men. And when he approached my dating site, he was only two years younger than me. I went, "Whoa!" You know, out of my age break. Um, but but he, you know, he was fun to talk to. You know, um, asked to meet, and I went, "Okay." I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to fancy you, but fine. And the moment we met, actually, I found myself very attracted to him. But uh, he was he was a lovely person, but he was in the throes of an extremely acrimonious divorce. By the way, this entire experience has made me feel very strongly about um, divorce and its impact on children because he he had children. And when I say acrimonious, that's with a capital A. And that resulted in such a difficult scenario. It, it, it was it was actually impossible to deal with. It, 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 it was not livable with. Um, you know, and I don't want to go into um, too much detail about it. There was also the fact that because of the acrimonious divorce, um, he had no money, and I ended up paying for a lot of things that I shouldn't have had to. And and again, you know, um, this was a lesson for me because we are socially conditioned when you're with somebody to think what's mine is yours. I categorically, you know, made that mistake and and, and decided never to make it again because um this relationship was very destructive for me financially. And so both of those uh, things combined to make me say two and a half years in. And, and I said this to him, I said, you know, I've tried to save you and I can't and now I have to save myself. Oh. And were you in love with them? Um I thought I was at the time, but but honestly, um you know, I, I really question um, that feeling because, um, as I said, you know, 
you know, I absolutely accept <clears throat> that many people love exists and it works. And by the way, my parents are a case in point. You know, um, they they were married for um, sixty years. You know, until my father died a few years back, and and that was an amazing marriage. You know, I, it, you know, people are always quite surprised that I have that model in front of me. You know, but but that didn't mean that I wanted it. And so, you know, I, I thought I was, but honestly, um, looking back, I would say. I wasn't, and I question whether love is an emotion for me, and one that I—it's it's not one I want to feel. And I question whether it's one that I—I I can feel in in that respect, because I just think that some people are wired differently, and, and I am absolutely wired to be extremely happy on my own. You still enjoy sexual connections with people? Oh my gosh, absolutely, yes. Which is another kind of, I mean, taboo is not the right word, but I mean, you've just spoken about living your life in a way very differently from the norm and the expectation. Um, well, equally, you know, single women being sexually active with men who are younger than them, again, is going against social convention, isn't it? Unfortunately, it is. Because, and I say unfortunately because nobody bats an eyelid at older man, younger woman. So here's the thing about how I operate my sex life. Because I am nobody's definition of a cougar. As I said, everything in my life is had by accident. Dating younger men happened by accident. I did not consciously set out to do this. The way it came about was I used to run an advertising agency here in New York. And something like, you know, gosh, 22, 23 years ago, we were asked to pitch from online dating brand. And, you know, in advertising, when you pitch for a client's account, you have to experience the client's product and the entire competitive landscape. So we all had to online date. And this was 22, 23 years ago, and none of us on the agency pitch team ever had, because it wasn't a thing back then, you know. So the rest of my pitch team were all, you know, married, living with, seeing people. So they all went online as thick personas, you know, creative false identities. I was single, you know, I thought, I have to do some business reasons, why not do it for real? You know, let's see what this whole online dating thing is all about. So I, you know, registered my profile on our client site on a bunch of sites, was completely honest about everything, including my age. Um, to my amazement, I got an avalanche of responses, which was extremely good for the ego, I have to say. But to my surprise, because I had never envisaged this as a dating strategy, most of those responses were from younger men. And the majority of those responses were from much younger men. And I suddenly realized that I was every young guy's fantasy. I was an attractive older woman, high-flying career, didn't want to settle down, you know, didn't want to, a relationship or to get married. I just wanted to have some fun, which at the time, I just started up an ad agency in the world's toughest advertising marketplace, Madison Avenue. I was working 24-7. Fun was severely missing from my life. So I thought, gosh, had not thought about this. And I've been dating younger men very happily ever since. But... Here's my approach um, to dating. No matter, and by the way, I meet these younger men on cougar dating sites. I'm now the world's biggest ambassador for online dating. I love it because everyone knows exactly why they're there. No matter how casual the relationship, I have one fundamental criterion. They have to be a very nice person. I have <clears throat> amazing radar for very nice people. As a result, I only date utterly lovely younger men in an atmosphere of mutual trust, respect, affection, and liking. And as a result, ironically, my so-called casual relationships 
go on a lot longer than most people's so-called committed ones. I have dated younger men off and on over periods of two, three, four, five, 10, 15 years. You know, they may go on to meet women their own age, you know, and have relations with them. They may marry them. Um, but we stay friends because we like each other. We will meet platonically for coffee or drinks. And then every so often those relationships end, every so often those marriages end, and they come back. It's very nice. Wow. So it's not just sex. I mean, there is a, an emotional connection. Yes. I mean, I, I would say, you know, I have lovely relationships with my younger men. You know, one of them said to me some time back, I consider you one of my closest friends. You know, it, it's not it's not an emotional love connection in the way that people think about within relationships. But we absolutely are enormously fond of each other. You know, I've other other younger men who, you know, we used to date. Now we're just really good friends. And again, you know, I'm, I'm seeing one of them for dinner um, tomorrow night, actually. I've known him now for 13, 14 years, you know, and, and we dated for a number of those years. And now we're just very good friends. And, you know, to, um, he, he's a great cook. So he comes around and cooks me dinner several times a year. That's enormous fun. So, you know, to, um, there are just so many ways of having very lovely, very nice sexual relationships with people that I encourage everyone to be aware of and to, you know, Pick and choose and design the one that's right for you. You must be very sexually confident. And I mean, I'm sort of betraying my own inadequacies here, but I cannot imagine a 35-year-old guy wanting to have sex with me as a 61-year-old woman. I, I just cannot conceive of that. Um, whereas clearly it's it's happening with you. I, and I, I just think you must have incredible confidence. Can I just respond to that, Kay? Because Because funny enough, it was dating younger men that gave me that confidence. And so, you know, I want every old woman listening to this to know that younger men think we're absolutely bloody amazing and they think our bodies are absolutely bloody amazing as well. I have never been told how beautiful and sexy I am as often as when I started dating younger men. And what they really appreciate, well, first of all, it's important to say too, that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I meet my younger men on cougar dating sites. I respond to maybe 1% of all the approaches I get. And by the way, it's all incoming. You know, I've never hit on a younger man in my life. I don't have to. And even I, who champion this relationship model, even I am gobsmacked at the amount of younger men who want to date older women. And when I say date, I mean date. Okay. I'm looking for casual sex, but there are a ton of younger men out there who actively want relationships with older women. And the only reason I'm gobsmacked is because our society has not yet normalized that that way around. Older men, younger women, absolutely fine. Out there are a ton of younger men who enormously appreciate older women who are not saying that publicly because their friends and family will will have a go at them if they do. You know, and by the way, I've, I've, I've dated a whole range of younger men. I've dated younger men who were terrified of being seen in public with me by anybody they knew. And I've dated younger men who couldn't care less who saw us, you know, out to dinner and would absolutely correct the wait staff they thought he was my son. <laughs> so, um, so, so that there's a whole spectrum of, but, but what I can tell you is genuinely appreciation of older women by younger men is a thing. I, I dated um, years ago um, on my trips to London. So I'm in London very regularly. And um, I used to use, until she saw somebody else, um, Julian McLean's amazing um, dating site, toyboywarehouse.com. Um, and, and by the way, I'm sure it's still still good. I mean, it was fantastic back in my day. 
But through toyboywarehouse.com, I met a lovely um, young gentleman who was um, living and working in London, half Romanian, half Croatian. He had been on the national Romanian swimming team. He was six foot three. He was stunning good looking. I mean, he, he, he modeled. And he just really, really appreciated older women. And he told me that, you know, he would be in a bar or, or somewhere in London and he would see, you know, an older woman and he would go up and try to chat her up and she would always rebuff him. And I said to him, you know, sadly, that's because she thinks you're pranking her because she is unfortunately, you know, of the school of older women who, because of ageism, think somebody as hot as you cannot possibly be interested in someone like me. This young gentleman was just utterly, utterly lovely. You know, that appreciation of older women was entirely genuine. You know, when I, when I asked, because I always ask, you know, why are you on this site? Why do you like older women? The response is, women my own age are so insecure. And again, I was like this in my, you know, teens and, and 20s. When you are insecure about yourself, you make things much more difficult in a dating context because... You know, without meaning to, you make things all about how you feel as opposed to just leaning and enjoying it. You know, all said is, I really appreciate the confidence of older women and the fact that, you know, they're not looking for reassurance all the time. I actually gave a talk at TED um, why an older woman plus younger man is the relation model of the future. And I began it by saying, let me get one thing out of the way right up front. Yes, the sex is fantastic. Because when you combine somebody at his peak, lots of stamina, very short recovery periods, with someone at her peak, lots of confidence, experience, knows what she wants, that's a phenomenal combination. But that is only one dimension of why I date younger men. When I date younger men, they are not competitive. Men my own age are older feel threatened by a woman who, you know, is strong, confident, earns more than they do, etc., um, young men can't because our life stages are completely different. And in fact, the men I date are very appreciative of the fact that my career experience means I can help give them advice on, you know, their jobs, their roles, their, their path in life. Also, what's what's very interesting is gender dynamics operate very differently when you are an older woman with a younger man. It's a much more equal, balanced partnership, interestingly, because again, that, that whole model challenges patriarchal gender role assumptions of the man takes charge and the woman goes with it, you know, and you have a completely different, as I say, equation. The work I do requires me to live at the cutting edge of popular culture. I find that attitudinally, behaviorally, lifestyle-wise, I'm much more in tune with younger men versus men my own age. And, you know, I saw once um, a scientific study that, that indicates that in the same way that, you know, unfortunately, you know, men tend to, you know, die sooner than women. Um, as men and women age, you know, um, women get more, you know, energetic. I, mean, I can't remember exactly what the terms were, but and men get less. And so men our age or older are often much more set in their ways, don't, don't want to change, don't want to seek out new experiences. And so I find with younger men, much more of a kind of energy match and a mindset match with, you know, where I am in terms of how I live my life. So you are 63 now. How do you see, I don't know, the next 10 years? Um, so honestly, getting better and better, you know, because, because that is really how I feel. 
you know, I don't give a damn what anyone else thinks. You know, I'm living the life the way I want to live my life. And by the way, happy birthday for yesterday, okay? That's fantastic. I'm turning 64 on February 1. Um, and, you know, I'm just enormously looking forward to that. And I will just share um, with, that, with our listeners, because I think this is an important point as well. I tell everyone how old I am as often as possible. I shout my age from the rooftops. That's because the way that I personally choose to fight ageism is the opposite of what um, a lot of people think is how you fight ageism, which is to go, age is just a number. I disagree completely. Your age is a very special number because your age is the sum total of you. Your age is the sum total of everything you've lived up to date, all of your experience, all of your expertise. Your age is what makes you valuable. And so some years ago, I coined the hashtag, say your age. And I encourage everyone to say their age as often as possible. And ever since I did that, you know, I hear regularly from women who were inspired by that to do the same thing. And so I'm just encouraging everybody to absolutely be loud and proud about your age because, you know, it's the sum total of you. It's a very important number. Say your age. But, you know, that is a great take. I'm going to take that on board because uh, as someone who, and I'll blame my own mother, who would only ever say over 21. (laughs) I mean, she was adamant that no one would ever know her age and actually got a tattoo of over 21 on my arm. Um, And I have been resistant, which is why we started this podcast. But uh, that is a very convincing case that you put, I have to say. I love it. it. It really is. Listen, we play something called Big Six for Bingo. So um, I'll hand over to Karen. We've just got some random questions. So I'm looking for two numbers, Cindy, between one and 60. Right, okay. Um, 49. 49. 49. <laughs> what were you wearing when you were 20? Um, gosh, well, um, at 20, I was at Oxford and at Sunville College reading English. And I was, um, back in the day, a punk. So I was, well, I was a combination of punk and new romantic. And so I was wearing like the billowy white blouses and then like the leather and the fishnets and the boots. And so some combination of the two. Oh, I remember that. I love that. What were you wearing when you were 20? Well, that's new romantic. Were you kind of punk, new romantic? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, you know, a mix mix of the two. Yep. Yeah, I like the old new romantic. Is that you as well? Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember it. Right, okay, Cindy, another another number, please. Right, eight. Hardest year of your life? Oh, gosh, um, that is absolutely definitely the one that's just um, the one that's just been and is, is, is about to end. And I say that because, as I mentioned, um, I've been working for the past year to raise a serious round of funding for Make Love Not Porn. And it's enormously challenging, not least because, unfortunately, you know, I've encountered some investors who've committed to put funding in and then went back on that, um, leaving me in a very difficult position. It's been it's been really up and down this year. And and so I would say that um this past year has been the most stressful of my life. I kind of feel like, you know, I've been staring down the end of our financial runway for eleven years, but I really have been staring down the end of our financial runway this past year. And so I'm trying very hard to make some good things happen before year end so that um, I can leave this year on a happy note because it's been very, very tough indeed. 
you know, as you've described it, it's an enormous risk that you're taking. And, you know, for all your unconventional, you're still 63 and we've all got to finance our old age at the end of the day. Why is it so important to you? Our mission at Make Love Not Born is to help end rape culture globally. We, and we, have, we have 11 years of proof of concept at a micro level. We end rape culture by doing something incredibly simple, but nevertheless, nobody else anywhere on the internet is doing. We end rape culture by showing you how wonderful great consensual communicative sex is in the real world. Our social sex videos role model good sexual values and behavior. And here's the important part. We make all of that aspirational versus what you see in porn and popular culture. That's it. And at scale, that can help end rape culture globally. So the mission keeps me going. And then the second thing that keeps me going, am I allowed to use four-letter words on this podcast? Yes, yeah. yes, Fantastic. Because the dynamic that most motivates me is the one I characterize as, I'm going to fucking well show you. You tell me it can't be done, I'm going to fucking well show you. You put it off my path, I'm going to fucking well show you. I take all that daily depression, demoralization, discouragement, and channel it into motivation and inspiration. Because... Make Love Love Born has had nothing but a hugely positive response from everybody for the past 15 years. My only barriers are prudish financial and business ones. And I know I can break those down, um, especially with funding. So I know what this venture can be when I find the right investors and the right funding. And so the two things that keep me going are, you know, I can come up with something that has no product market fit. I came up with something the world was crying out for. The world is still crying out for every day, more than ever, when I was the very first person 15 years ago to identify that Paul was becoming sex education. Yeah. And secondly, you know, I know that I can make all those barriers fall if I can just find the investors who believe in me and give me the funding we need to make this the Facebook of social sex at scale for me. So that's why I keep going. Power to your elbow. What can I say? What can I say? Uh, thanks for such an interesting conversation, Cindy. Um, really, really appreciate it. It's been lovely to speak to you. It really has. Um, and you've given us a lot to think you about. You certainly have. <laughs> a lot. Well, I can't wait to get your email responses to that one. It's podcast at htb60.com. I hope you enjoy your festive period. We'll be back on the 5th of January with Lorraine Kelly.